You're listening to RTI Audio, powered by Rocky Top Insider. This is Pancakes and Bacon with VFL, Tyler Kerbison, and Reed Bacon. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Pancakes and Bacon. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerbison, joined with Reed Bacon. We got a great one. A lot of stuff's been going on. I'll tell you what. I tell you what. So, Vol's got into the Citrus Bowl versus the second best team in the Big Ten. We'll, we'll, we'll just say that. Um, so, we're, we're reacting to that, giving our, our honest feedback. We're also talking a little transfer portal. Our guys have already put their name into it. We've already offered guys from other places, so we're talking a little bit about that um, and maybe some disciplinary things that happened. And then we're talking about college football playoffs. It's on everyone's mind right now, uh, the teams that got in and the teams that did not. Uh, and then we're just we're going to give you a little, little bet lines, too, on those games. So you guys could follow along with us on that. Uh, but first, before we get into any of that, Reed, how are we doing, bud? What's up, big boy? What's up? Yeah, I thought we were done doing these podcasts for a couple weeks, and then on on, th- on Sunday night, you're like, "Yeah, we'll record tomorrow." I'm like, "Record what? Like a song?" No more games, but still news. But I'm yeah, no, I'm excited to talk. There's been some juicy stuff. Um, first off, you just said that Iowa was the second best team. I get it; they made the Big Ten championship, <laughs> but they're not they're not better than Ohio State. They're, Obviously not. They lost to Penn State 31 to 0. So just wanted to make sure people didn't freak out when you said that, like joking. <laughs> uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I have a funny story, a quick shout out to Troy. Um, Troy was a big old boy, uh, nice, tall. How big boy are you? I'm I'm talking Troy. God, he's probably like six four ish and not fat and uh very nice but it was funny because so you know i love buffalo wild wings i get it i know everybody there's better wings and i know how bad their service is it's a disaster i couldn't <laughs> i couldn't tell you the last time i ate in one um but i there's probably once every four to five months i'll order from the turkey creek yeah, go pick go. what's that get some wings to go right and, and 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 you never know it's like a little mystery anytime you go to b-dubs and it's like they're either it's gonna be like one of the best meals you've had in a long time or it's the wings look like old and they're not tossed well and all this stuff but anyways a little preview they were great by the way so i called something in on friday night before i was going to megan so hit turkey creek and then jump over to oak ridge so i was popping by to see her and her mom on Friday night at their house and uh, go in there and uh, my order's not ready yet. So I go into the bathroom and I'm a courteous guy and, you know, friendly guy. So I always try to hold the door if someone's coming in behind me or whatever. Well, I didn't see this individual. And then I heard someone, I grabbed the door after close and I was like, Oh my bad. And they're like, Oh yeah, all good. So then I go into the bathroom, do my business and I'm washing hands, big hand washer here, very clean. Very clean guy. And so I was happy to see that this year he had to make that statement. It almost seems like he doesn't wash his hands. <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a freak about germs and washing hands. So I'm, I'm saying that hoping that others will too. But uh, so I was happy to see this gentleman also come in because it does frustrate me. 
with dudes, you nasty guys that'll go in there and go to the bathroom and not wash. So anyways, I'm friendly. I'll sit there and wash my hands. And I was going to look over to this gentleman just be like, Hey, how's it going? Like, how's your day? It's just what I try to do. And as I was about to do that, he looked over at me and he goes, Hey, what's your name? And I was like, Oh, I'm reading. He's like, Oh yeah. Like I thought that was you. He's like, what's up, man. I, I love the pot. And I was like, Oh, like awesome. So fantastic. Yeah. So <laughs> I was, hit my pants up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pants, pants were already up and, uh, and, uh, everything was, was back tucked in, tucked inside. <laughs> Tuck so, in. but, but anyways, I, I always, always appreciate that. And, um, so Troy was great. We, we talked for a minute. Um, and I was happy that when he looked over and asked my name and I told him he wasn't pissed because like I said, I mean, uh, large, <laughs> I mean, he, Tall, big, he probably still works out. I mean, he looks like a overgrown, like three or four from the basketball. Like he's a three or four in legit gotcha. basketball. But yeah, so but anyways, Troy's nice. He asked about you, and I said, Yeah, unfortunately, he still lives in Nashville. I said we swapped. If not, we would hang out 24-7-365. Exactly. When Kyler's wife would allow me. <laughs> yeah. So that was yeah. that was that was the first story that I have. Um Number two. Number two. And this is not personal. Just like if we comment on people, it is not personal. It's never personal. But I just so happened to be walking up to the country club last week. And there's a lot of times I listen to podcasts. And I get on YouTube and I'm about to go to the Chris Long Greenlight Pod uh, to listen to their live show. It was not dropped yet. So I was like, okay, let me scroll through YouTube. Let me see what I find. Well, the YouTube algorithm gave me a Vol podcast called Fall Bros. And I'm like, okay, like, I'm, I'm going to check this out. Like, I, I'm going to listen to it for a minute. Let's see what else is out there. And I I don't really listen to any other um, Vol stuff besides the radio. Like, I'll listen to the radio, but yeah, I'm, I'm choosing to listen to NFL stuff. Or, like, I have my pods that I'm going to listen to. But I, I was like, let me click on this. Let me see what's up. And legitimately within – two minutes I get I get frustrated and I get I get really worked up and like I said it's nothing personal but I got very fired up and I called Kyler and I'm like listen to this and and so I reached out to Vol Bros and the whoever runs their account was very nice very friendly because it could have gone uh bad and I was very polite about it but like I appreciate them being being nice and I didn't know it but they followed us on our account um that's a side note, by the way, we're not, I'm not great about responding. We both run the account. He, he can sign in. I can sign in. I'm not great about getting back to people on Twitter sometimes, or even on, I've been slipping on replying to comments. So I'm going to, I'm going to do it after this. I'll, I'm going to respond to some people, but anyways, so shot that out. They responded. They, I didn't know they followed us, but that was nice of them to follow us and said that they had listened to us. I said, I appreciate it, but there was a comment. Well, there's two comments made. So, or one was uh, written and one was said, but one was talking about how Reed Carringer was uh, one of the founders of Rocky Top, which which is not not true. And so I said, hey, that's, you know, John and Bob and most people in Knoxville know that. I said Reed was just one of their first hires. And I don't I, I've, I don't know the Reed Carringer guy. I don't know, but I just don't you know, we're, we're part of the Rocky Top Insider team. I love Bob and John. So I was like, hey, just don't want there to be false information like. He yeah. was just like, all he was was one of their first hires. He was not a part of the 
if he's not a founder or whatever. So the next thing I said was, which is this is what really got me frustrated, is there was a comment made that why did Tennessee and why did Coach Heupel decide to open up the offense in the last game of the year against Vandy? And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> and they go, you know, we got the tight ends involved. We like to see the pop pass, which we also love the pop pass. And then they said, well, they run that wheel route to Castle, and it's a touchdown. It's like, why is that the first time we're seeing this? And I'm just like, mm. and it's it's a frustration because Listen, I'm I, sure I'm sure we have fans right now that are like, I remember another play with Castle on the wheel route. Like, what are you talking about? It's like. This all year. And 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 you and I make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. So, like, I've said stuff on here that's either wrong, incorrect, that I had an opinion and I was wrong. The fact that I thought we were going to be Florida and I thought we were going to do it handily, well, that wasn't the case. So, mm-hmm. I've been wrong plenty. I've probably said information that's wrong, too. And so, I'm not saying, but when I see something like that and I, and I hear those things put out, whether they have five people that listens or whether they have five – thousand people that listen that is stuff that gets put in the air and like i told you whether it's a podcast a tweet someone calling into the radio show a radio host and they are saying stuff that's factually not correct and it's just it's i i that's a pet peeve of mine yeah because it it sets this precedent that like well what the fuck is josh heibel doing what the fuck is like coach you know coach uh halsley doing like what what are we doing like why are we saving this stuff and it's like if you really think about it, honestly, we're all intelligent people out there. Most most people are intelligent. You can use your brain. You really think Coach Heupel is going to save something for Vandy? <laughs> no, he's not. He's not. He doesn't get to the position that he's in with his football knowledge and to be the head coach at you know U, uh, UCF and then at the University of Tennessee because of that. You think he wins the games he went? No, like. And so they're talking about, yeah, he had the two slants in and the wheel route. And why is that one of the first times we're seeing it? I'm like, we – Because you're not watching film. <laughs> we That is literally the third touchdown that we have scored on the same type of, of concept. I'm yeah. not going to say the exact same play, but the same type of concept. Uh-huh. Against Alabama in one of the biggest plays of the year. Right before half, and we need a tutty. And he runs the outside guy. Now, remember, we talked about it on the podcast. I said they bunched him in, kind of bring Chaz or whoever it was across to kind of get some of that to let um, Callie go right behind him. We scored. Yeah. Then there was the one against South Carolina where it literally was Jacob in here, and he ran a wheel wrap, and it was a really good throw and catch. So it's like it was just pet peeve of mine, and that's why I had to reach out to them. But it was also just a good example of like, yo, like, I'm not saying that everything we say is right, but just be careful with what you hear because it can really put out. Some yeah, stuff it can out. put out a narrative about somebody that you don't want to start. You don't want people that are maybe more casual fans or people that maybe really do love Tennessee, but don't quite understand football that much. And they go, well. I heard he was saving stuff for Vandy or I heard like he wasn't using all of his plays earlier in the season. And then, it, I mean, if I hear that and I'm supposed to, and I believe that person, I go, well, that, that coach is an idiot. And then you go down this whole road of, okay, well then he shouldn't be the coach anymore. Cause he's an idiot, but it's like, 
that's that's not it. And we and like you said, we're not trying to bash anybody. We're not trying to say just let, when we can, we want to try and be as factual as we possibly can to our fans and let them know all the people that listen. This is what's going on on the field. This is what's happening as much as we can tell. Um, so I, you know, it's it's just you don't want to start a negative narrative that's not even true. And it has nothing to do with them. It literally just happened to be, I saw the algorithm, I clicked it. It's literally within the first two minutes, and I heard that, and I cut it off. I was like, well, I can't listen to this anymore. And then I immediately called you and was just like, dude, I'm so bummed. Like, I'm so bummed and frustrated. Like, this stuff is out there. Like I said, we have probably made multiple mistakes doing it for the three years that we've been doing it. And there's probably other pods out there that does that covers Tennessee or other stuff that's made great points that I just haven't heard. And then there's some that have probably misspoke on some stuff, but it's one thing that I do like that. that I mean, I work remote, but then I'm out visiting customers and stuff. So sometimes I'll catch the radio, but the one time I really do catch it the most is on Sundays when I'm driving to mass. And that's what I've talked about where they have Tim Irwin and, um, and Jimmy Himes on there. And it's one thing that I like that Jimmy Himes does is if someone calls in and they want to be that fan and be, oh, the defense has sucked and this and that, we can't win on the road. And Jimmy's like, hey, <laughs> we they, they, they played really well this game, this game, and this game. We went on the road and we beat this team, this team, and this team. It's like, thank you. Let's let's – Let's pipe it down a little bit. And so, yeah. um, anyways, yeah, let's I just went down and let's zoom out. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's look at yeah. this holistically here. Yeah, exactly. So, anyways. Anyways. Uh, uh, let's get into the pod. Let's, let's what, do you, about, what do you think about Citrus Bowl, man? What do you think? Dude, I, I, I honestly really like it. I like the fact that we're in this game. I like it more than the Gator Bowl. Just – visually i guess like for optics i like it more than the gator bowl um i think they put us in there because we have the best fans in the country and we travel really well yeah um and i told you this whenever we first figured out is like i didn't want to go to the gator bowl because like that's where i went to my first bowl game when we were six and six and it's like this team is better than that team there is that northwestern or iowa that was Iowa yeah, at the Gator Bowl. Okay. So I was like, we deserve a better one than that. If I can get in there in six and six, this eight and four team should be able to get a better bowl. Right. And then the matchup versus Iowa is just – it's one of those games that you can easily win. Um, but one of those games that – People can really look at you differently if you're if you're not on your p's and q's. Like the Iowa defense and how good they've been this year um, makes me like. Listen, our offense has been up and down and up and down and up and down. So it just that side of it worries me. But I will say this. I absolutely loved playing Big Ten teams when I played. Those hefty 275-pound defensive ends were a breath of fresh air for me. I hated going against the 240 Dante Fowlers 
running four fives, four fours. They were nightmares to try and block. Give me a white weightlifting 280 pound D end all day long. All day long. Hey, why do you have to say why? Why do you have to do that to me? Because, because with all of my experience with 17 17 years worth of football experience playing the sport, I can tell you right now, every black guy that I've ever played with is more athletic than I am. And that's just how it is. Like, that is just how it is. Props to them. They are more athletic than me. That's that's just how it is. But so, you're, so you were a lunch pail guy? Oh yeah, yeah, dude, big time. Very, very lunch pail, grit, grind. You just just taking notes, real real technical, real smart. Like that was it. That was it. Listen, I got a little bit of athleticism in me, obviously, to be able to play. But man, I survived based off of like. Hips have to stay square. Your feet have to be this far apart. Your hand has to be at this placement. Make sure that your your eyes stay at this spot. Like that was that was how I played the game. There were there were there. How many times we've used like the word freak on here to describe like James Pierce? Like ain't nobody used that on Kyler Kirkson. Like this. this I have I have because you are a freak athlete to the normal person. For a normal person, I guess I'm not a narp. We'll say that. You're not a what? A NARP, a non-athletic regular person. <laughs> is that what you? Uh, is that what you cool Tennessee players call people? Uh, yep. <laughs> I've never heard that in my life. Yeah, surrounded by a bunch of NARPs over here. I'm gonna start using that. It's great. It's a great I, one. I'm gonna start using that to make myself feel better. Like, bro, I'm over here playing hoops. All these guys are a bunch of NARPs. And they're a like bunch of NARPs, dude. Are, you just called me a NARP, like a cop. I'm like, no, you're a. Uh, Non-athletic, regular person. It's just it. They're yeah, just an, or a jag, just a guy. Just guy, yeah. They're like, oh, so you're, so you are an athletic person. Like you must play sports. It's like, no, I'm, I'm actually uh, in human resourcing. But same thing. I, I got a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what about that? All right. So how do you feel about it? Yeah. Uh, immediately upon seeing it, I was. Fired up. Let's go. I couldn't have asked for anybody else. Yeah. Because I look at this as a get right game. A very much, you know me, I'm, and, I, and I sold this to you. If I'm a six and six, seven and six, and my coach has been here four or five years, I don't really give a dang about the bowl game. Like, I truly don't. Like, I want us to win, mm-hmm. but I'm, gonna be, I'm not going to be super invested because my thing's like, all right, you've been here four years. You've been here five years. We've had some good. We've had some bad. Like, I need you to get shit ready and corrected for next year. Like, this game isn't going to make me in on you or out on you. Yeah. So, like, last year, I really wanted to win that bowl game at seven games because that was Heupel's uh, – or two years ago, it was Heupel's first year. I really won that trajectory. Uh, last year, I was like, hey, special season. You got a chance to beat Clemson. Let's go wear them out. Six bowl. Right. And so, I'm like, so this year, I want it because, hey, great – New Year's Day, one o'clock, ABC. Is it ABC? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, perfect time for great exposure to for us to go out there, look high flying, pound it at them, play some good defense, and win a game. 
-hmm. And that was all my initial thoughts. And some of those thoughts are still real. But then I said, hey, Reed, this isn't the team two years ago. This isn't the team last year. You can't go into every game like, hey, I know my team's going to fight for 60 minutes and we're going to score some damn points. I, I can't. That 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 feeling got me smoked in the yeah. Florida game. It got me smoked not feeling. It, it 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 got me not feeling. I mean, U UTSA was a little bit better. South Carolina was like, okay, I'm good with this. Texas A&M back to like, hey, we really got to find a way to win this in all three phases. And so there was just these ups and downs and ups and downs. And you're right. And then Missouri happens. You know, Georgia happens. And offensively, things are just non-existent. And I am not used to that after the first two years of Heupel. And I'm assuming mm -hmm. most of the other people are not like that at all. So then I said, well, hold on, Reed. There's a world that we should go up and, like, their defense is good. And we can't just score on them. And, and when my first thought was, like, oh, our SEC team speed – we're going to make them look like fools like you all did. Your team speed against Iowa and uh, Northwestern was a joke. It, mm -hmm. I mean, it was a joke. They were like stuck in mud trying to chase. Exactly. You know. So anyway, so then I said, but overall, I want to see how our offense does against a good defense. I'm not going to say elite or anything like that. I mean, they gave up 31 points against Penn State. I don't think Penn State's that good. I don't think Penn State's bad. I think they're a little overrated, but I mean, you know, and then they gave up, um, let's see, there's another one on here I wanted to shout out. I know they gave up 26 against Michigan, but Michigan's going to pound it, stuff like that. Um, so it was really the Penn State game, and I could have sworn there was one more on here that was like, oh, this is what they scored on them. So anyways, it's a fine defense. I mean, it's excuse me, it's a good defense. It's not elite. Um, in it's not elite, in my opinion. You can say the numbers might look elite, but I got I got some stats too about like the Big Ten West, yeah, like, it's, it's and, and and who they're playing against. Like every other team on the Big Ten West is between seven and five and four and eight. Yeah, it, and they outside of Iowa, the all the other West teams are one and six in non conference games versus other Power Five teams. And six and twelve versus the Big East, so it's like they are bad. Like the big, the, the West is bad, bad. Yeah. yeah, on that side. The other thing too, though, about Iowa, and I haven't looked at what they have this year, but Iowa is sneaky about putting people in the pros, so they can have some some good players, whether it's D line, offensive line, tight end. Tight end's a big one. And then, and then you got some corners too, or or or, or secondary players like Amani Hooker for the Titans, who I think is a, a pretty good pro, mm -hmm. probably above average pro. Like he's an Iowa guy. Then you know George Kittle. You got T.J. Hawkinson. You got a couple of their offensive linemen, a couple of their defensive linemen that are that are good. I'm talking like first round picks or guys that are doing it at a high level in the league. So they're going to have a couple guys on there that that they can work with. So then what I came to is like, this is great. And now personally, you and I both and probably all of Vol Nation basically wants Nico to come out. And I think this would be a perfect, perfect first start for Nico. One reason, because he's going to have 30 days to prepare. 
30, 30 days to work with his receivers, work with the offensive line, game plan. I don't know how much these guys are worried about transfer portal, record, recruiting, all this stuff. I don't know how much they're going to game plan actually for Iowa. I'm assuming they'll do at least a normal week of game plan, but I don't know how much you would know better than I would. Yeah, but I, think- I, I was Iowa's defense is good. It's not crazy. It's not like this weird defense that you got to, you know, watch film on. It's a 4-3 defense and they play really gap sound. It's like you and know I, saw, gonna... I saw a lot of zone too. I thought I saw a lot of rushing four playing zone, maybe bring an extra backer here and there, but it wasn't Exactly. That is like there's not there's not like, oh, I wonder how we're going to block this. Multiple front. fronts. Yeah. yeah, it's like no, it's gonna be four down front. They might bring a sandbacker off the edge and you know, just play it. Yeah. So excuse me. So my thing is like I think it's a perfect spot for him to come out and to really see what, what he's made of. And then that also gives him film going into the next year, which is a good learning lesson and, and things like that. Um, unfortunately, I've said it this whole time. I don't know why, but I just think Joe plays. I think Joe's like, I think so too. I'm going to start what I finished. And like, I'm, yeah. I, you know, I'm here with my boys and I'm not going to leave him hanging. Honestly, like he'll probably put out some cheesy ass, thing that says like i'm gonna play and finish where i started and it's like well you're probably gonna finish what you started because you need more tape as good as much good tape as you can get out there for the nfl but i don't know i don't know we'll wait and see i can still hopeful it's a christmas wish for me that he doesn't play mm-hmm. if he plays then it's up to which joe do we get and that's that's gonna be how well we do but I feel like if Nico comes out and plays and we can run the ball on him, then that's great. Now, defensively, this is a get-right game for our defense. If our defense comes out of this game and Iowa scores on us, unfortunately, pretty consistently, I'm going to be pretty bummed. Yeah. I'm going to be pretty bummed. That I'm I'm not pretty gonna, upset. And I'm not going to feel great going into next year. But this should be a get-right game for linebackers because it shouldn't be – a ton of speed going east and west. It's going to be they're going to hand it off. They're going to do a little play action. It's going to be some simple stuff. So this is more of a instead of checking your eyes and checking your feet, this is more of just a check your manhood, eat the gap up. But there's unfortunately sometimes that we saw where guys were not filling gaps quickly enough and play acting fast enough and plays that should have been two or three yards or five or six yards. Mm-hmm. So this could be a really good get right game for the defense and maybe it's an opportunity to see some younger guys. Um, whether it's in the secondary or uh, I don't really say li- younger guys at linebacker because we're Vargas. I mean, I think it, I, I mean, I think it's secondary and we'll get into it with the transfer portal stuff, but some guys are transferring. So it's like, hey, other guys, you got to step up. We don't, yeah. we don't have the depth. And I think the D line, I think they're going to try to show some young bucks at D line. Like you'll see uh, Caleb Herring. I think you'll see. Um, a, a good amount of probably some Tyree West, uh, Dalvin Hobbs. I, you know, I don't know. I just I want to see I want to see some of that. But this this has potential to be a really really good start for 2024 in this program. Yeah. And if you could go out and be the Tennessee that we've seen more often than not in his first three years, and you mm-hmm. can go up and light the scoreboard mm-hmm. up and fly around on defense, 
And really the only thing that we haven't done well this year on defense is get some takeaways, but it could really, really help this game if we get one or two takeaways to kick start the offense. And I, I mean, you know, you watch this, watch this Iowa offense. It's, it's bad, man. It, it's bad. Uh, I, they are last in the FBS, 133 of 133. Uh, they average 18 points and 246 yards a game. Yeah, but 18 points is because they put up like 41 against like Central Michigan. I know you take that. They have two shutouts on their season. Like that's crazy to have a 10 win team with two shutouts. What's even crazier? Since 2000, they are the only team to be the worst offensive team in the country and win 10 games. No team has ever done it. The best record since 2000 before this year was four and eight for the worst offensive team in the country. Um, and for since 2000, the average number of victories for the worst offensive team in the country is 1.4. <laughs> and they have 10. Well, I don't it, like you why though? You already said why. Because they're yeah, it, it is their conference. It, it right. it's their conference. They're bad. Um, it, the Big Ten West has lost nine games in a row in the Big Ten championship to the East. Uh, they're just they're they're not good. So that that plays into it. Um, you know, their their defensive coordinator just won the Broyles Award. Uh, and I, yes, you should give it to him because of how bad that offense was that they were able to win 10 games is incredible. Uh, it is defense. It is special teams, which I really like. Like you, you tell me, Hey, you're going to play a team. It's really bad on offense, has a good defense and plays good special teams. I'm going to go great. Cause I like our defense. Our offense is explosive. And I, and I trust our special teams coordinator to get us right. So, yeah, I'm excited all around. Uh, let's jump into the transfer portal. So, we got a few guys entering. We got a few guys offered from other teams. And a few guys entering other teams that might be a little interesting, like old Walter, uh, a couple states over. Uh, what I do want to shout out, though, before we start talking again, the video that John Campbell put out of coming back is absolutely incredible it's it's awesome on twitter oh my god i died laughing well i think i think the video the, the video itself drewski is he's hilarious i don't necessarily follow him or seek him out but when i see his stuff i laugh hard every time and i'll be honest with you kyler when someone sent me that and when i first clicked to pull it I thought it was about to be bad. I thought it was bad exposure. John Campbell being like, I'm free. I'm out of Tennessee. And I was going to be like, no, like yeah. whether it's true or not, like that's not great look like, hey, I'm free. I'm out of this jail of Tennessee. And then I see Heupel and then how he has Nico. I was like, wow. Awesome. Yeah, super, incredible. Super funny. Um, I didn't. I was so I was out today making some stops, and Josh Ward said that this is John Campbell's seventh year. Really? I, thought was, I thought it was his sixth. 
I didn't realize it was his seventh. Did he got a medical redshirt too? I don't know. I don't know. But Josh had seven, and then he said, you know, Keenan could come back, and it would be his seventh. So That's crazy. But the thing is, is I think it's smart for John to come back because I think he could have some good tape. I mean, dude, if you're that much older, I, we've talked about this. If you're coming back at, let's see, if he entered at 18, so 18, 19, 20. I mean, if he's coming back at 23, 24, 25 years old. Yeah. That is – and we forget this. We truly forget this. We know that these are college kids. But college football is such a big just ordeal. And I even have to remind myself, like, these guys are 18, 19, 20 years old. Like, Reed, these are these are still young, like, young dudes. And yeah. then you'll see some of them on the sideline, and you're like, wow, I'm getting old. You know, these guys – you know, because I, you know, we're still younger. So I remember when the college guys seemed like they were like forty-five-year-old, just grown men. It's like, well, no, it's because I'm like in eighth grade. Yeah. But, but like these are still younger dudes, so that extra years of like we've talked about is a big deal. So can you imagine having a left tackle? But then if Keenan comes back, <laughs> I mean, he should be wrecking people. He should be. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. So, anyways. Uh, you know, we, we, we told you guys, Wesley and Brandon, I mean, not Wesley, that uh, Warren Burrell and Brandon Turnage were, were, were most likely gone. So we've seen that. I think the biggest one that's worried people, well, people are upset about Jack Luttrell. Um, I, I think I, the big guy up front, too. Well, well, hold on, let me get there. So with Jack, I thought his film was good. Was I thought his film was darn good in high school. He's an absolute football player. Yeah. Sometimes when you come to Tennessee, as you call them tweeners, when I hear tweener, I think of not big enough or too small. Like you say tweeners and like they're good at multiple positions, but you might not be great at one. And mm -hmm. so when I watched him in practice, granted, one practice, one practice and he's a freshman. So it really shouldn't even matter what's said, but like he didn't stand out in practice. Yeah. One practice and he's young. So it means so the guy could go on and play very well, but like, I, I'm not surprised about it because he probably sees what's in front of him uh, with guys that are younger too, but Ricky. well, Man. I mean, he's a safety. So more like John Slaughter, Turrentine, I don't, you know, uh, Farouk who's coming in this year and stuff like that. But that one's, you know, we'll see where he goes. I'm not necessarily worried, but then Addison Nichols and people were like, Oh gosh, he's leaving. This stinks. And then I hated the tweet that it was like, "Yeah, this shows we can't develop uh, a high four star." It's like that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. First off, you don't know. We have no idea how much better he got from when he showed up to when he's now that he's leaving. That's and right. the, the guy's still young, so there's no way to know how much we developed him or how much he is going to be when he's older, when he's a, a junior or a senior, a redshirt junior, redshirt senior. So just stupid. It was just stupid. Yeah. It, it, it's also – so I, when I heard the news, I was disappointed because I truly – obviously it's offensive lineman. I think it's the most important position. I want depth on the offensive line. It sucks that he would be entering the transfer portal. That doesn't mean he's leaving, though. He could come back. I have no idea. Where my mind went was why would a person who could be up to start next year in a competition think, well, I'm just going to leave 
and go somewhere else. It makes me feel like he knows there's a writing on the wall, kind of the thing you said with Jack, that he's not going to start. And the only thing that makes sense in my head, if that were to be the case, is Spragans and Carrick are both coming back. I don't know that for sure, but if I'm Addison Nichols, I'm going in my third year and the transfer portal is the thing. And I know that I'm going to sit behind both of those guys and Cooper for another year and have three years of eligibility leave and not get to play at all. Yeah. I might think about transferring. If I'm up to play when it comes next fall, then I'm not going to, I'll have three years of eligibility playing at the place that I chose. That's good for me. So it makes me lean that way that maybe we're just getting those guys back. And to your point about developing a four-star, he can be severe. He can be amazing right now and very developed right now, but is he going to beat out a fifth year senior? That guy was also developed too. Like, He's not going to beat out Sprags, and he's not going to beat out Cooper. So there's one other position, and he wasn't able to beat out Carrick, and Ollie, he wasn't able to beat out either. Ollie's a fifth-year senior. I mean, it wasn't until the last two games that there was an opportunity for him to play. And, hey, you got your opportunity versus Vandy. You know what I mean? What did you do with that? I want everybody to go back and watch Addison Nichols versus Vandy, and I want you to tell me, hey, yeah, this guy is better than the starting three that we had at the beginning of the season. If you can tell me that, then then you can be upset that he's leaving. But if he's not, like, it's like, guys, I don't I, I don't know what you want me to do. To, to the players, like, as a coach, I don't know what you want me to do. He is practicing better than you. He knows the players. He knows the plays better than you. He understands the offense better than you. He's getting on the field. You're not. Yeah. I hate it when guys are like, oh, they don't like me. That's it. You know, uh, they like that other guy. That's why I'm not getting on the field. It's like, no, it's because the wide receiver just ran past your ass. He just made you fall on a dig. Like, no, because you just got worked in one-on-one pass rush. That is why. It's not, it's not feelings. It's not emotions. These coaches will lose their livelihood if they put bad product out on the field. They're not trying to get fired, okay? They're trying to support their families. That's number one. Your feelings and who is uh, the NIL we spent the most money on doesn't matter to them. They will still get fired. (laughs) Like, at the end of the day, they are replaceable. So they're trying to keep their jobs. They're trying to succeed. They're not trying to fail. So... Yeah, it's uh, it's it was one of the true things or one of the most true things I heard. And I really didn't understand it at first. And then as you know, then I thought about it. But coaches play who they can trust. You can have, you know, me and you can have someone else who's faster, who can jump higher, who's stronger, whatever, at whatever position you want. But if they if the coach does not trust them to be in the right position, to run the play correctly, that guy is never going to see the field. Never. 
And so, and so that's what I always remember. Like some like the coach, like, cause we get caught up as younger, like, Oh, I'm better than him. Like, Oh, I'm better than him. Or, or he's not, you know, he's not better than me. Like, what is like, you know what I mean? Like, you There's know, I can you guys that I played with, they ended up transferring and fans were always like, Oh man, like, why is he trying? That is a, the sole reason why they were transferring because they weren't going to play because the coaches didn't trust them. And that has nothing to do with how the coaches feel about them personally. That is all product based. And it has no, it does, it doesn't matter that you're six four, you know, two oh five and run a four four. It doesn't yeah, matter. It doesn't matter if you're six six, three eighteen and got feet like a dancing bear. Like it just none of that matters. I always tell the story. Uh when I was at Memphis and one of the recruits they brought in was this guy from Louisiana. And he was uh he was a corner. He's probably like a two or three star guy. I mean, pretty good get for 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 Memphis, but he won the state championship for the state of Louisiana 100-meter dash, one of the fastest people I've ever seen. And I'm talking not a bad size at all for a corner. He was probably six foot. Yeah, he's probably six foot, 5'11", six foot, maybe looked a little bit taller than he was because he's pretty lean and just, you know, looked like he was chiseled out of some stone. Mm -hmm. Tyler, it was un believable how every time we did one-on-ones or something he was getting beat deep by someone who was substantially substantially slower and i remember our safe my coach my safeties coach was our defense coordinator and i remember him being like how is this possible like and he wasn't being mean he's just like you're the fastest guy on the team probably if not the second fastest like i don't and he was like teaching he's like where are your eyes where are your steps like what do you stop thinking and and it was it was it was crazy to see. Now he actually ended up putting it together. He ended up transferring. He went back home and played for Tulane. And he actually got drafted. I don't think he really made it in the NFL, maybe longer than a year or two. But I mean, just so physically gifted. But you know, if your eyes are not in the right spot or you're just not whatever the reason is, like they're not they're not gonna play. So, anyways, back to transfer portal. It's funny times because there's people leaving. And, you know, and then we're offering the offensive lineman from Oklahoma, uh, from um, from Texas A&M. Uh, you know, we've had we've met with the tight end and offered some tight ends. And then I, I didn't know this, but Max Anderson, who we both really, really like as a product and as a recruit and his I had no idea he had an older brother, but he like said something to about his or he like quote tweeted something about his brother. And I was like, oh. That would be pretty cool. Like, I don't know how good the guy is, but I'm sure if he played at Oklahoma, like he's coming from a good program. And that's one other thing, too, that we have to be careful about this, because in the transfer portal, there's two things. There is either someone that is an absolute dog. Yep. And they play at a Washington State and Washington State cannot pay the quarterback what he can make at a, another school. Whether he wants to go and win or not and have the chance to compete for a championship, if it's all dollars and cents, they can't pay it. But if he does care about dollars and cents and want to win, they can't compete with other big-time schools. So you either have that and another dog who's at a lower level, like a Jared Verse, who's playing at freaking Albany, and they're like, hey, we're going to pay you a ton of money to come play here at Florida State or wherever else. Or tied in from UConn. Right. Like, you have those guys, or you have guys who – look better on paper on a tweet 
and and I was talking with uh, I was talking with uh, a buddy today. He lives up in Ohio, and you see all this stuff about all these Ohio State players leaving, leaving, leaving. I'm like, bro, are these guys any good? And he's like, they're all reserves. Like, he's like, they didn't really play. He's like, you know. And I said, that's what I wanted to know because when you're not a fan of that team and you're not super locked in, and someone puts out the tweet that says. Oh, Kyler Curbison's entering the transfer portal. He was a he was a former four star and a top one fifty player in twenty nineteen. It's like, oh, whoa! Like they did that. they they did that to us with Brandon Turnage. They put uh-huh. Brandon out there like four star went to Alabama first, top one fifty recruit, and it's like other fan bases are like, you know, Arkansas is like, oh wait, really? <laughs> Seriously, it's like, yeah, he didn't. He's play. from Alabama. Yeah, like he 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 didn't he didn't play here for us, and so that's what you have to be careful of is yeah. those. So it's like you can get excited about the ones that you know are legit legit dogs, like our starters, and then there's the other ones that uh, they're leaving, and you don't you don't really know. And and not to say that those guys can't be good, but just be careful with with how some of that's portrayed. Yeah, exactly. You you know, let 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 the coaches watch the film, and then see if they actually want to bring the guy in. Let's not, you know, overreact to anything. But uh, I, I will say this too. I will say this. You brought up Walter Nolan. Uh, from what I, I watched him play once, yeah, played us, and then maybe I watched an, another, a little bit of one of their other games because I had some money on it. But I would just score check and watch a little bit. I thought Walter played pr- pretty well. Like he, I would gladly take him back because if he's at least at the For worst. Sure. At the at the worst, going to be a, roto- a rotational production. For sure, yeah, dude, take him back immediately. Like, yeah. it's talking about depth on the defensive line, like as many guys as we can get. Yeah. I, and I could see Walter growing into this just molly whopping dudes and just being a starter. I mean he he's got the size, he's got the athleticism. Like, there's a reason he was a five star. So yeah. I'm with and- it. And the thing is, like for the guy from Texas A&M that we we the interior offensive lineman we offered, if he commits, then I'll probably go watch Tennessee game again and just be like, all right, let me watch this guy. Like, let's see how he did against Big O or Mari Thomas or whoever else. And that's Omar, only yeah. one game. That's only one game, so it's not a huge sample size. I'm not going back and watching every snap he took, but that's that's kind of more of where I'll you know I'll I'll be. And then we'll talk about this on the end of the year podcast about what we want to see them go after, but just a little bit of a foreshadowing. I, I, I just, I want some, I want some more team speed at the, at the linebacker position and and probably even the secondary position. Anyways, yeah. playoffs. Uh, Yeah. All right. Let's get into these playoffs. So the big news out of it, Alabama gets into that four spot over Florida state. There is the argument for Alabama that, you know, they had the number five, you know, number five toughest schedule. They beat the number one team. Um, you know, they've, they've gone on this winning streak, all of those things. And I understand what people are trying to say. But Florida State won all of their games. They won the ACC championship. I know that they are not as good of a team as Alabama. I know that. I also know that Texas and Washington and most likely Michigan are not as good of a team as Georgia is. So what are we doing? If we are just putting in who we think is the best team, then why is Georgia not in the playoff? 
because every single one of those committee members who voted on this, almost every fan, Vegas over there setting lines would pick Georgia over Washington, Texas, and Michigan right now. Can I jump in here real quick? Uh, you, yeah, I mean, we'll go back and forth, but I am on the side of Florida State getting what they deserve because when you look at, hey, Alabama, why didn't you get in, right, if they weren't to get in? You lost. You lost the game. There's your reason right there. Here you go. Here's your reason. You lost the game. Florida State, why didn't you get in? Uh, one guy on our team broke his leg. What? Yeah, one guy. He broke his leg. So, wait, did you lose? No, we won all of our games. Oh, wait, like you even won your conference? Yeah, we won our conference. Versus a ranked opponent, you you won your conference. Yeah, we did. So, because one guy broke his leg, you're not getting a chance in the playoff. Pretty much. That's asinine. That is Stupid. That's dumb. I hate it. I would be furious if it was Tennessee and everyone else would be too. Everyone else would be too. If I was Alabama in this situation and I got over a undefeated Florida State team, I'd be very excited for myself. But I'd understand it's fucked up. Real fucked up. And if they ended up putting Florida State ahead of a Tennessee team that was 11-1 and and won the SEC championship – I would go, we did lose. We did lose to Alabama earlier in the year. Florida State didn't. So yeah. I get it. So this is uh, this is a thing, uh, a, a little example I have here. And uh, I had, we, like in a friend group growing up, we kind of had the thing of when someone says, hey, he's a really good athlete. And when you say he's a really good athlete, there's one definition of that individual guy or girl is just Whatever they're playing, football, basketball, tennis, soccer, golf, baseball, softball, a pickleball, whatever, whatever. They can just pick it up and be pretty darn good at it. They're an athlete. Then you have your other definition where it's like he's athletic as crap. He can jump high, run fast, mm-hmm. uh, quick, in and out, you know, just springy, freaky athlete. So we would definition like, hey, which one are we talking about? And then you got your super freak athletes. That's like he can do both. You know, mm-hmm. he's pretty good at everything. She's pretty good at everything. But they can also, you know, spring like crazy. So then it's like for this, for the college football players, it's like, well, who's more deserving or who's the best? Who You know, that, that whole thing. But when you look at the committee, Bailey sent it to me, and it really shows their five criteria. And one of their criteria says – that if a team loses a important player that affects who they are, then that team is not necessarily the same or whatever. So I give the committee credit that they didn't just pull some out of their butt. Mm. And they did have like on their website or their Twitter or wherever he got it, their official, like, these are the criteria that we look at. So I'll give them credit. That's like, they didn't pull this out. This is a criteria. Florida state's not as good without Jordan Travis. That doesn't mean that I don't think – I mean, I think it's wrong that they left Florida State out. Florida yeah. State, I think 100 out of 100 people are going to say, if Bama and Florida State played and they don't have Jordan Travis, 
I think every one of those hundred people are going to be like, yeah, Bama probably wins and there's a chance it could get ugly. But you never know because you have to play the games. And to come back again. That's exactly why Georgia was favored by (laughs) double digits. It's exactly why Oregon was favored by nine versus Washington and they lost. You have to play the game. Well, Georgia, Georgia's favored by double digits now against Florida State. They were not favored against double digits against Alabama. How much were they favored by? Five. Okay. I would know. I would know. I took Alabama. My best. My best. I have not had a great betting year. Hasn't been terrible, but my best games were Washington. <laughs> I took Washington against Oregon. That one where I really didn't understand. Uh, I didn't understand it being nine at all, but I had. It's just Washington hadn't beaten the crap out of the teams they were supposed to, and Oregon was. But they, they, were, they were both playing okay teams towards the end. Do we for, do we forget though that they they played earlier in the year and it was a close game? No, I know. Well, that that's where it's at. Is hey, this game is a coin flip. It was a close game in the beginning of the year. Oregon easily could have won versus Washington, and then you watch their last four games leading up to it. It's like. Oregon's blowing these teams out. Washington isn't. They look like they've lost a step. That's where it all came from. But that's and fine. that and that's fine. And that's fine. I still really put in head to head. And so, anyways, I, I I took them plus the points and money mm-hmm. line. But then, um, I think it's a great the, the point that you made earlier. Like, hey, if it's the five, it's the four best teams, then Georgia should maybe be in there. And I would say, hey, big boy, I don't know about that because you can't say they would be favored because of what we just said. Oregon was nine-point favorites, and they lost. Mm-hmm. So just because you can say Georgia should be in because Vegas would put them 10 points, like, I don't care. Like, I'll give Georgia credit. They basically handled everyone really easily and really well. I think the SEC East was down. They didn't have to play LSU. They didn't have to play Bama. You know, their, their West opponent was Ole Miss, and they blasted them. But in really and truly their first meaningful game of the year, they lost. So it's like, I don't think Georgia is just like, oh, well, they lost Alabama. They're still probably a top four team. I don't, I don't, I don't, years past, I'd be like, yeah, I agree with you. This year, I don't know that. I, yeah, I, Vegas is going to favor them. And if I really had to bet, then yeah, I would probably pick them to beat Michigan or to beat Washington because of the SEC talent, but it, it's not as it's not as uh, a foregone conclusion that it maybe would have been in the past for me. At least. Yeah, which is I which I totally agree with you, and I think that's why Alabama doesn't deserve to be number four. That's the exact reason why I think they should be five. Florida State should be four because you can't you can't guarantee you you just like I know that Alabama lost. It's also crazy that like. Florida State was ranked number four last week. And Texas was seven and Alabama was eight. And both of them jumped Florida State. Like maybe even like Texas, they beat Oklahoma State by a good margin. Florida State beat Louisville by not a lot. But just like – it's like they got tagged together because they played each other. So it's like they almost had to move both of them because it's like, if you're just looking on the surface, it's like there are two teams ahead of an undefeated team. It's not just one, it's two. Like that is not good. It's not just Alabama. There are two one loss teams ahead of them. That's crazy. 
Yeah. I so I was begging, begging for Auburn to somehow. I was like, no way, Auburn beat Alabama. And then you're checking, begging, the, dude. Th- then you're checking the score, checking the score, and you're like, oh my gosh. And then I'm turning it on. I'm watching. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're gonna win this game. And then that happens because what I wanted so badly was Auburn to win that game. All the Alabama fans to be all upset and crying tears. And then they go and beat Georgia, and then I don't have to worry about Georgia or Alabama winning national championship. Exactly. And then I, I chose to root for Alabama because I bet on them and I thought they were going to win. And the thing is, if Nick Saban wins another one, I don't care because he's the GOAT. And so I can I can say he's the GOAT. Now I care because I don't want Alabama fans to get another championship, but I sure as hell did not want Georgia to get a 3 P and be able to say all that nonsense. And it's kind of funny that – Georgia thought that they were Bama, and it's like, yeah, you guys won back-to-back. That's very impressive. But you've beaten Alabama one time since 2008. Like, That's tough. Nick Saban's still Nick Saban, you know? So. Yeah, he's got he's got quite a few more. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then last thing, you mentioned a little bit with some of the lines. We got double digits to still, like, what, 14 for the Florida State-Georgia? I had opened up at 12 and a half and I looked at it again yesterday and it's up to 14. If it's yeah. up to- take take Georgia every, yeah. every bit of it. Every bit of it. Florida State can't move the ball on offense. There's no way. Like I know their defense played well versus Louisville, but there's no way they're going to be able to keep up. If both of teams play to the best of their potential, Georgia wins that game by like 30 or 40. Yeah. Um, do we have numbers on the other two playoff games? Yeah, yeah, they're like two and three, but I can't remember what they were. But I'll tell I you think this. Michigan is favored. I'll tell you what this is. Yeah, I think they are. Which, by the way, not a good look when that video came out and they found out that they had to play Bama. Just now, okay, I am going to come to Michigan's defense a little bit on that because as I'm, if I were sitting there as a player the whole time, I'm waiting for this to stay. Like, come on, be Florida State, man. Come on, we're gonna what the fuck out of it. Be Florida yeah, State. The quarterback thing. Yeah, you're just like, come on, be Florida State. Be Florida State. We're gonna kill them. Like, it'll be a great little buy for us, and we can go on to the next game. We can start watching film on the other opponent. We don't have to watch it on Florida State. Like, just give it. Come on, give us the easy one. You know, Florida State deserves it. Like, that's all I'm thinking leading up to it. Yeah. And then they're like, bam, and I'm like, fuck, man. Like, what? come on, dude. Give us freaking the easy one. Like. Yes, yes, it is Alabama. And yes, you're reacting because you're like, I don't want to play them. Nobody wants to play the better team. They want to play the worst team. You kidding me? Like, freaking Washington would have jumped up for joy if they put Florida State at three. They would have been like, hell yeah, baby. They would have been freaking out. That's just how it was. That's a natural reaction to be like, damn it, they didn't put the worst team. They put the best team. Yeah. Like, like, you understand what I'm saying? No, yeah, I do. I like. Do. I feel like it's kind of messed up. Of like, here, what's your first reaction? It's like, ah, oh, shit. Like well, we didn't get the easy route. I real, wanted the easy route. Real competitors like myself, obviously, want to play the best, and you're just a, you know, I guess a little chicken and want the easy route. But that's fine. It's okay. Oh gosh. <laughs> Hey, um, I will say this, Tennessee, when I first checked, it was a seven and a half point favorite. But what was really, really surprising is the over-under was like 35 or 36. And that's an embarrassment to Heupel's offenses. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's the average. That's like, you know, average for just us. So, 
But listen, they've had Iowa's had two shutouts. Like it could be thirty to zero, <laughs> and like it could be it could be under. It could be thirty zero, and it could be seventeen to three. And listen, uh, so last thing I remember betting Iowa last year. So Kentucky was playing in the bowl game. It was Kentucky versus Iowa. I think in the Music City, Iowa was catching like. 10 and I teased it with like two other teams. So they were catching 17 and I honestly think they lost the game and it was the most horrific thing I've ever watched. Uh, Kentucky had like a backup or a third string playing and I'm like, Iowa, all you have to do is score a field goal and I win this, you know, win this bet and they lost the game. I think like 20 to zero or 17 to zero. It was pathetic. It was pathetic. But anyway, so that's we'll why see. they put that clause now off to coordinators contract. And now he's got to fire his own son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. See you brother. All right, man. See ya. Okay. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. If you are watching, please like subscribe, hit that notification bell leave a comment. We absolutely love them. Uh, if you're just listening, rate and review, download and re-download uh, and follow us on all those listening platforms. Uh, also follow us on social media at Pancakes and Bacon on Twitter, uh, at Pancakes and Bacon underscore RTI on Instagram. If you want to follow Reed, it's just at rbacon26 on Twitter for him. And then for myself, it is just at Kyler Kerberson on all social media. So check me out there. Uh, again, thank you guys so much. Been a great season. Can't wait to get to the bowl game. And uh, as always, go Vols.